Good morning, everyone. I hope you're well. Uh, just leads quickly as well in a prayer as well. I always like to pray before I come and talk. So just quickly, uh, Lord God, Lord, we just thank you that you are a good God. Lord, we love you. We thank you that this is for you. It's about you. It's all to glorify your name, Lord Jesus. As a church, as we meet, Lord God, in our individual houses, Lord, just come amongst us now. Just be with us, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're well and that you're keeping safe at this time. For those who've not joined us before, we've been looking at the book of Acts as a church. Um, but as a leadership team, we decided to take a short break from Acts and spend some time just revisiting our vision and values as a church. What's in the DNA of Freedom Church? What makes us tick? What's our heart here as a group of believers? So far, we've explored how we can be creative, being generous, being outward looking, valuing everybody, encouraging everyone. And today, we're going to be exploring our sixth and final value here at Freedom Church. But before we explore this today, I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes just recapping one of our previous values. Last time I spoke, I talked about being an outward-looking church. And I just wanted to challenge you, really, and ask, have you looked for opportunities to be outward-looking? I really want to encourage you as, as a church, as a family, to think about neighbours, friends, relatives, work colleagues, family. Although we may not be able to physically see them at this time, we can still show the love of God to them. Picking up shopping, making a phone call, dropping a letter through the door, praying for them. At this time, let's be a light in the darkness. And I've been really encouraged of hearing stories of how people have been outward looking at this time. And I just want to encourage you to continue to persevere. Continue being a light in the darkness. Continue showing the love of God to those we encounter those around us. So as I said, today we're going to be exploring our sixth and final value, which is being committed to working together to building the kingdom of God. And if we're going to work together effectively to build the kingdom of God, it's important we understand why this church is so special. Why we would want to work together to build the kingdom of God. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd like you take, to take you, sorry, to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 14. So 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 14. Which says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Amen. We as collective people, we are the body of Christ here on earth. I've recently been reading Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship. It's the third time I've read it now. It's an excellent book. 
Uh, and one of the points that he makes regarding this is that since the ascension, which is Jesus going up into heaven, Christ's physical place on earth has been temporarily taken by his body, the church. The church, us, is the real presence of Christ in our world. Therefore, we should think of church not as an institution, but rather as a person. So how does Jesus view this body? Well, scripture is very clear that the church is his love, his pride, his joy. It infers that it refers to him as being his bride. Ephesians 5.21 reads, For the husband is the head of his wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and his himself, its saviour. And the beauty of the body, which we're part of, is as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, that the body is made up of all sorts of people with different experiences, different baggage, different needs, and from different parts of the globe. However, we are all united in Christ. And what a privilege that is to be part of his body here on earth. We can be his physical hands and feet on the earth until he returns, led by Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And for me, this throws Matthew 5, 13 to 14 in a whole new light. If you've got your Bibles, Matthew 5, 13 to 14, which says, You, that's us, are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's foot. I can remember being a, a new believer and reading this passage and being slightly confused. Salt is <laughs> such a strange thing to refer to believers as. But actually, as a church, as a body, Jesus is showing here how much he loves and values the believers and the collective body as a church. Salt was and still is a valuable resource, particularly in warm Middle Eastern countries. Salt's used as a preservative. It stops things spoiling. In Jesus' time, Roman soldiers would be able to march for up to 20 miles a day with their full kit. And one of their first instructions was that when they'd taken their camp apart, ready to move on, any food that they had would have to be preserved. So they would douse it in salt to keep it. Salt in those days was so valuable that there was reports of soldiers actually being paid in salt. That's how valuable it was. It's been referred to as this divine substance by academics and scholars. So when Jesus refers to us as individuals and collective believers as this, this is an honour. It's an indispensable and necessity of life. And so what does that mean for us as believers? John Piper puts it excellently. He said, well, we are the salt of the earth. As Jesus' body and representatives here on earth, we are working through Christ to stop the earth spoiling. Left to its own devices, there would be chaos, anarchy. But through Christ, through Christ, we can share hope 
and ultimately Jesus with the world. The church goal, therefore, is to work together to share Jesus with the world around us. Now, individually, we can do this, yeah? But the Bible's clear that being part of a community of believers together is important. Countless scriptures tell us this. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Scripture places a real emphasis on us meeting together because it benefits us most. And it also helps to show God to those around us. Paul writes in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. So before we explore how we can be committed to working together to build the kingdom of God, it's important that we remind ourselves that this, this church is a blessing. It's an honour to be part of a collective of believers. It's a support network for those struggling. It's a prayer blanket for when we face difficult times. It's a community of believers who want to encourage one another to be more and more like Christ each day with Jesus as our focus. This, what we're doing now, is a real blessing and gift from God. You see, we can't build something if we don't value it. I love tinkering with things and building things. I wouldn't say I'm an expert hand at it, but I enjoy doing it. And I can remember being at high school in DT and we were tasked with building a bookshelf. And I can remember sat there in, in the room, in the woodwork room, and I can remember thinking of all the things to build, all the materials we've got here, we're going to build a bookshelf. I can just remember thinking that this was going to be so boring. And my heart wasn't in it. And it showed when I built it. It was slapdash, half-hearted. But when we value something, when we truly value it, we appreciate it and we enjoy building it. When I first met Han, uh, you go through that phase, don't you, where you want to impress them and do everything you can to impress somebody. And you try and, um, you know, you make a real effort. Um, and I can remember that uh, we'd been on a couple of dates together. We decided that uh, we'd try and make each other something. Um, so I got my brain racking. Now, I'm not massively creative. I can, I can build things and make things, but I'm not massively creative. I don't see colours mixing and matching. It's not a massive strong point of mine. But I really wanted to make an effort to make something for her. And I can remember in a conversation we'd had, Han said that she loved hedgehogs. So I decided I was going to try and learn to knit. Now, the thought of me sitting there, each night with two knitting needles for hours and hours and hours, is not a great picture. But because I valued her, I spent hours learning patterns, how to knit, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. But because I loved her, I wanted to invest in it. And eventually, many mistakes, made it. And I'll show you, it looks all right. The uh, kind of the nose looks a bit like a, an anteater, but do you know what? I was quite impressed. But I put the hours in 
because I loved her and I valued her. And my question was, do we value the body, the church? Do we value our fellow believers who are part of this body? Or are we just going through the motions with this? This is a blessing to us. Let's value church. Me and Han were praying this week and, and we'd really felt God say a word to us to value Jesus and the church and have joy in it. Have joy in the body of Christ. When we value something, we enjoy partaking in it. We enjoy building it. And at this point, God had put on my heart that there might be people listening who've had a bad experience with church. Maybe you've been treated badly, maybe unfairly. And the idea of church, this collective body, is great. A team committed together to showing Jesus to the world encouraging one another to grow closer to Jesus. But the reality is, as soon as you throw humans in the mix, imperfections emerge. Selfishness, own desires, jealousy, unfairness. But I really want to encourage you to not let bad experiences with people put you off value in church. We were recently talking to uh, discipling somebody who we've known for a long time, um, where we used to live, and they'd grown disillusioned with a church that they were part of. They were fed up. So they left their church and decided to go it alone. And we warned them about the dangers of this. Imagine if you take off a coal out of a fire, it very quickly grows cold. Six months later, we, we caught up with them again, and they were really struggling in the faith. They didn't have that support network that the church is a blessing to us. They didn't have other people to encourage them to walk with Jesus, other people to keep their gaze focused on Christ, which is why we meet. It's all about Jesus. Don't let a bad experience put you off seeing church as a blessing. The enemy loves doing this because he can pick individuals off. When we try and do it alone, it's hard, it's difficult. That's why we've been blessed to be part of the body. So my first point I want to make is value what we have. Chester, crew, if you're in any other part of the church, value what you have. It's easier to build something together when we value it. The second point I want to make is that if we're committed to working together, we need to ensure that what we're building here at Crew and any church that you're part of is laid on the correct foundations. As I was preparing this, I was reminded of Genesis 11 verses 1 to 9. If you've got your Bible, if you just turn to Genesis 11 verses 1 to 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. 
Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, Babel, however you call it. Some people call it different things. <laughs> because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. This was a vanity project from the start. Academics and scholars believe that one of the reasons why they chose to build the city and tower out of stone was that if there was ever another big flood, they thought that it would keep them safe and they would be able to repel it and survive it. We see this in their hearts, that they went through the effort of making their own bricks and mortar to build this city. And as we read in verse four, their true hearts come to light. Just listen to the language. Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the whole face of the earth. Just listen to the language there. Us, ourselves, we. Where was the mention of God? This church, being part of the body, isn't about us. We're not here to build an ego for ourselves. We're not here to brag about how good we are. We're not a body together bragging in its own glory. Let's remind ourselves of Christ's words, uh, sorry, Paul's words uh, in Ephesians 5.21, which says Christ is the head of the church. He's the head. His body and is himself its saviour. Scripture tells us that there is no other foundation 1 Corinthians 3.11 reads, For no one is able to lay another foundation besides the one already being laid, which is Jesus Christ. We need to be reminded of this daily. It's all about Jesus. This is his church. He is the head. We meet for his glory. We're not trying to build mega churches here. We're not trying to make a name for ourselves. We're not doing this for people to look at us and go, wow. But rather, in everything we do, our foundation is that we point people to Jesus. Amen. Practically then, how can we ensure that Jesus is kept the foundation of what we're building here as individuals and as a collective body? First and foremost, humble ourselves before Christ. Remind ourselves of our need for him daily, both as individuals and as a collective body. 
that's always a good place to start. Read our Bibles, soak up scripture, pray to him, worship him. When things are going well, get into the habit of rejoicing and crying for the Lord. It's very easy when things are going well to become self-sufficient. At all times, cling to Christ, call out to Christ, spend time with Christ. Draw close to him. The second thing practically we can do to lay a foundation built on Jesus is when we do things, do it for Christ. Pride is dangerous. Pride is one of the ways, the main ways that the enemy seeks to cause division in churches. We make things about us instead of making it about him. And how might this look? Complaining when we're not thanked. Behind the scenes, stirring up division and unrest when things don't go the way we want. Gossiping when someone annoys us. Holding grudges against people. Expecting the church to cater to our needs instead of being sacrificial and giving generously to the body and the kingdom of God. These are just a few of the ways that the enemy can pounce on to cause division and unrest in the body. To effectively build the kingdom of God, we need to put aside our own wants and our own desires and our own personal gains and make it about Jesus. Scripture is clear that when we do something, he sees it. When we do things, do it for God, not for man. When somebody annoys us, instead of gossiping or holding a grudge, love them and be peace bringers to the situation, showing the same love and mercy as Christ has shown each one of us. When we feel that we should be in a certain position, and we're not, instead of grumbling, honour people and look to build them up. When we're not thanked, remember that God sees things with the best will in the world. We forget things sometimes as people, don't we? When we have these truths as our foundation for our church, how wonderful it is. Scripture tells us that in the early church, Acts, when Jesus was the foundation for everything they did, it was noticed by believers and non-believers. So let's keep Christ at the centre of everything that we do. Let's build everything we do on him as our cornerstone. This is for him. We build for him to glorify him. The third point I want to make is that when we're committed to building the kingdom of God, it's important that we are encouragers. If you've ever built anything substantial, whether it's a business, whether you've brought a family up or you've made IKEA furniture, it's hard work. There are times when it goes well and times when it's a struggle. Times when we feel like dancing and times when we just want to give up. And this is the same with being part of a body, with being part of church. It's easy to complain. It's easy to point out faults. It's easy to say what we could have done better. And yes, 
I have no doubt that there are lots of things that could be done better in churches across the globe, in our church. I'm not naive in that. However, complaining doesn't fix those issues that we have. Just think about Moses. He must have been so frustrated with the Israelites. They were naturally a complaining people. They'd been brought out of slavery. They'd seen miracles for this to happen. They'd seen the sea part. They'd seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet Exodus 17, 2 to 3, tells us that they just quarrelled and grumbled. I once heard somebody say something to me that really challenged me a few years ago. It said, think of the last 10 things you've said about the body or your church. Out of those 10 things, how many were encouraging words? When was the last time we spoke to somebody and said, well done, you've done a good job there? Or thanked them for serving? If we see the church body as a blessing, if we see it as Jesus's bride, this is a thing of beauty. Is it perfect? No. Does it do everything well with humans in the mix? Unfortunately, no. But we are still part of something beautiful, part of Jesus's bride. When me and Han uh, did our marriage prep, um, I can remember one of the, the best pieces of advice we were given was, think about how you talk about your spouse with other people. Think about how you talk about somebody you love with others, because that builds a picture up about them to other people. Think about how we talk about our fellow believers who are all part of the same body with Christ at the head. Matthew 12, 25 tells us that a house divided cannot stand. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 tells us, therefore, let's encourage one another and build each other up. Let's not be a community of believers who complain and moan constantly like the Israelites. Let's encourage one another, point one another to Jesus, build one another up and show the same grace to one another that Jesus has shown us. Unity is a beautiful thing. Unity in the body is wonderful. When people pull in the same direction, it's easier to build. The burden is shared. And encourage you to read Psalm 133, verse 1, which says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. When we encounter difficult times as we are facing now, when we are all striving to the same thing, when we have a divine unity, when we all have shared vision and values, when we all make Jesus our common goal, it makes things easier. Because Christ is our hope and we can encourage one another in that. In dark days, when we point one another to Christ in unity, things are just that little bit easier. Finally, to work together to build the kingdom of God, let's be outward looking together as well. How can we serve those around us? How can we serve people who are part of the body? How can we take care of others? How can we love each other well? Discipleship is a key part of this to growing and building the kingdom of God. 
couples? Are you taking time to invest in single people? If you've been married for a long time, are you spending time investing in our, in our younger married couples? If you've walked with Christ for a long time, are you supporting those who are new to the faith? If you're single, are you part of investing in those people in our church who need support? It's so easy to get sucked into a vacuum of, of being ourselves and worrying just about ourselves. But how powerful the kingdom of God is and what a witness it is when we truly care for the other members of the body. There are lots of opportunities we can do this. And on the flip side of this, church isn't an exclusive club. We want to love those within, yes, but also show the love of God to those in the world as well. Are we looking for opportunities to bless people around us? Are we getting involved in outreach programmes? Are we attending prayer meetings to pray for our nation and the nations? Our calling whilst on earth here is to spread the gospel, to show Jesus to those people around us. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. As a faithful church, this is our calling. To tell those who we come into contact with about him, how good he is. We can't just sit by and let life pass us by and be salt that's worthless and trampled underfoot. Our calling whilst on earth is to tell the lost about Jesus. Tell them about his goodness that we've experienced. Tell them about his mercy. Practically, wives, are you encouraging husbands to share Jesus? Husbands, vice versa. If you're not married, are you surrounding yourself with friends, with family who encourage you to do this? If you're dating, are you encouraging each other to love Christ more and more and encouraging one another to tell people about Christ? As a church body, are we encouraging one another to tell one another and to tell other people about Christ? As a church, we want to see the kingdom grow. This happens when we love one another, when we share our faith with other people. And think about these times, now more than ever, <coughs> we have opportunities to make contact with people, with our neighbours, with friends, with colleagues. We can drop them a message just to check they're okay. We can invite them to attend our Zoom church meetings. And often when you're asked, you're surprised by the results. At this time with everything going on, our own mortality becomes that little bit more real. We hear figures of death and it alarms us. We're told we can't go out and it makes us uncomfortable. And actually at these times, it's good to reflect that one day we are all going to stand before God, whether we like it, believe it or want it or not. As individuals, we will have to give an account for our life and how we've used our time here on earth. 
as a church, we will be accountable to Jesus. As part of this body, we will be accountable. So let's be a church that is sold out for God, committed to working together in unity to build the kingdom of God. Let's be a church led by Jesus, where our own agendas are put to one side as we faithfully follow (coughs) his direction and leading. Let's be a church, a body who encourage one another to love God more and more, who encourage one another to spend time in our scriptures, in our prayer life, who encourage one another and love one another, that we stand out as the early church did. Let's be a church who are outward looking, looking for every opportunity to share the gospel with those around us. Unity built on the firm foundation that is Christ is a powerful thing. We are a light in the darkness. Let's be quick to share that. Let's be quick to love one another. And I just want to say as well that if you don't know Christ, pray to him. Call upon his name. It's very simple. All you have to do, you might never have prayed before, close your eyes and just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Come into my heart. Let me build my foundation moving forward on you. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, get in contact with us. We'd love to support you and help you find a church as well. So just as we finish there, just encourage you moving forwards, love one another with unity. In all we do, build our bedrock on Christ. And let's show Christ to the world around us. What a joy this is. What a blessing and a privilege and an honour it is. For Christ's glory. Amen.